podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining us for this week's podcast entitled Online in Real Time, Adding Synchronous Elements to Distance Learning. And today we have Catherine Flynn joining us. Catherine, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Some of you may know Catherine. She's been very involved in the industry. Catherine has been in education for 20 plus years in multiple capacities and has extensive background and experience in developing online distance learning programs. And most recently, Catherine is a professor of management with Kaplan University's Graduate School of Management, where she has been working as a distance learning educator and for over 10 years. And just in talking with Catherine over the last hour or so, it's amazing her passion about the promise of online education. And you got me excited about it even more than I already am just talking with you. Catherine also holds a doctorate in management and a master's in English. I know most people may be aware of the difference between synchronous and asynchronous in online education and distance learning, but I thought, Catherine, first, maybe if you could describe the difference. Sure, and that's an important distinction, obviously, in distance learning is to clarify what happens asynchronously in a course versus what happens synchronously. Most of us tend to think of asynchronous activities, which are those that happen on the student's own time and not necessarily with everybody else online. So a student will respond to a posting from an instructor, and then other students will respond to those postings, and that's happening asynchronously. What we're talking about today mostly is the use of synchronous components, which are things that are happening in real time, like you and me talking to one another, students being in a chat room together, being on the telephone, all of those would be what we're talking about with synchronous activities. Excellent. People think of online learning as asynchronous, which, as you stated, permits students to enter the course on their own schedule. Wouldn't synchronous elements be an unwelcome addition to the convenience of asynchronous learning? Because colleges and universities don't add synchronous because of a number of reasons. Could you describe that? Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, typically when we think about distance learning, we're looking at convenience and people being able to schedule courses on their own time and not have to go to a brick and mortar type of institution. And that was a great benefit that there was no set times to when activities took place. This allowed us to not be concerned about time zones, whether people are based overseas and so on. Then what happened is for many distance learners, they felt very isolated and felt that they were sort of out there doing their own thing all by themselves. And it was really that isolation, I think, that prompted institutions to start looking at ways to help build community and make students feel more connected. It's Kaplan University's approach to distance learning is fairly unique in the industry From the very beginning, when Kaplan first launched its online programs in 2000, all of the undergraduate programs included a required one-hour synchronous seminar that was essentially a chat room, but it was a one hour that every student in that class and the professor got together 
talked about what was happening that week, answered questions, built community, shared dialogue. And we found that it was a very welcome piece of what was happening in the online courses with Kaplan. And we felt that it increased overall student satisfaction. We did case studies where we compared the courses that ran with a live seminar against those that did not and found that students fared better, they were happier, higher levels of satisfaction, but also that their completion rates were higher and that our overall retention rates improved. So really we felt that these sessions were providing an enormous advantage for our online students and so we've, we've continued that now into our graduate programs and we continue expanding the ways that we're delivering that synchronous piece. It sounds like a great advantage because we're all aware that dropout rates are a lot higher in online programs because of that lack of connection and synchronous may be a piece addressing that issue. Exactly. What type, what sorts of synchronous activities have you found or Kaplan found most productive in online classes and courses? You know, when we first started, Kaplan was working on a, on a homegrown platform, and we had a very rudimentary chat function that was our classroom, our online classroom. There was no whiteboard capability, there was no voice, there was no video, and it was partly a bandwidth issue. In 2000, we still had a very high percentage of our students who were on a dial-up, and so those were not options. Yes. But just simply doing a, a chat exchange worked very well, and that, that provided us that functionality. I had a student once say, though, in that environment that he who types fastest says the most because <laughs> it's strictly a matter of who can get those fingers to fly most quickly. But we found that even just the dialogue exchanges were incredibly productive. We've now added a lot of different, the bells and whistles. As bandwidth expands, we have students who are running on a much higher capability in terms of what their PCs can do. We're able to use Adobe Connect Classrooms. We're able to use audio bridges. We're able to provide students with little video talking heads of the professors. We have students who now have the video cameras so we can actually see the classroom. We can go on web field trips. We can do math equations on a whiteboard. So we found just, you know, the more is better. I mean, the more different ways that we can approach the, you know, what's happening in real time with the students. We're addressing a lot of different learning styles and are able to really make a point with the, with the course content. Excellent. What have you found to be the most dramatic benefits of the type of activities you were just describing? You know, interestingly enough, much of the research that we've been doing indicates that the, the probably the greatest payoff to this is in building community. And I, my uh, doctoral dissertation was on the use of synchronous components in distance learning, and we were sort of doing a cost-benefit analysis. These are a fairly costly addition to the, the classroom when you have a a set synchronized date and time that requires a good deal of scheduling, which is really comparable to what you do in an on-ground course when you're setting up your schedule. So professors have to be scheduled by date and time. Students have to be scheduled. You have to look at the drain on resources to make sure that you're not overloading the system. So we realized there was an enormous financial drain and a time drain in doing this sort of a process. So one of the things that we were looking at is what's the payback on this? What are we getting out of this? The research actually indicated that one of the major payoffs is building a sense of community and that students felt <clears throat> connected to the classroom, they felt that they were connected to the institution. And while that may seem you know, a little bit fluffy, in, in a world where we are so concerned about retention and student satisfaction, it's huge. It's huge. So to keep people feeling that they're part of a, something bigger than they are, that they're part of a learning community, 
has been a huge payoff. So I would argue that that probably is the greatest benefit to, to doing the synchronous elements. I had not been aware of that, and I'm sure a lot of people haven't thought through the whole issue of benefits for, for synchronous. And I'm sure a lot of faculty and students have given feedback regarding what other synchronous components could be incorporated and what they believe are the benefits and what have they stated as some of those benefits. Yeah, good question. I was one of the people who, who did this with virtually no training. And I remember, you know, starting with Kaplan as a part-time instructor in 2002. And I was basically given a login and a password and said, here's when your seminar is, go have fun. And, you know, I think for many of us who come to distance learning from years in a classroom, it shouldn't be a big deal to, to translate what you do in front of a group of, of students in a classroom to a synchronous seminar environment. But it, but it was huge. The transition, the learning curve was substantial. However, it's also incredibly addictive. I mean, you just get really excited about meeting and connecting with students that way. And the students, too, express some trepidation. Gee, I've never done this before. I'm not sure how to mm -hmm. do this. And so really, I think the learning curve is probably the greatest challenge that we face. But inevitably, once we all get past that, the faculty and the students, we realize that this is just such a great opportunity to to connect. And I had a student once uh, when I was teaching a composition course say, you know, I got really hung up on a question I had. I just couldn't figure it out. But I realized that we had seminar Tuesday night at seven o'clock and that I could make it from Saturday until Tuesday. So sort of knowing that that connection is going to happen, which is very different than a more traditional completely asynchronous online where the, the student then has to go seek out help. They have to find the faculty member. They've got to email them instead of knowing, hey, I've got class to go to Tuesday night and I'll get my answer then. I know distance learning is almost like moving target. It's in constant change right now. We have all become more engaged in wanting to participate in online programs and courses. What are your plans for incorporating more synchronous developments, projects and activities and into your program? You no, know, it is. It's a very exciting time, and it's the potential innovations are just, they're mind-boggling. I can see all sorts of opportunities coming our way, the things that we wouldn't have envisioned three or four years ago that we're able to do now as, again, as bandwidth continues to expand and as we have capabilities for, for audio and for video and for, you know, phone bridges and being able to connect all of this and do it very seamlessly. I look forward to sitting here with you 10 years from now to see what we're talking about and what we're able to do. I anticipate you know, just having it be more and more looking like a real classroom, but permitting people to be where they are when they are. Because I think that, interestingly, sort of a, a coming full circle on distance learning, originally we wanted to have the freedom of being wherever we, we were and doing it on our own time. And I think many people have realized that that isn't necessarily, you know, the end all mm -hmm. and that we really want this community and we want this connectivity, but we still want to be where we are when we are. <laughs> and so to get both of those worlds, which I don't think is unreasonable at all, I think the, the technology will evolve to, to help us to meet all of those pieces. And maybe I'm not a very creative individual, but I can't imagine what it's going to look like and what we're going to be able to do. But I think what will happen is more and more of that feeling like it's it's happening right now. I'm in a classroom, but I'm still sitting in my home wherever I am. I hope so. I think so. It'll be a very exciting decade. Absolutely. Catherine, I can't thank you enough for sharing your experience and expertise. And I'm sure there are people in the audience 
who would like to contact you. Can you share your email address or contact or website, whatever you feel appropriate? Sure, I would be delighted to and be happy to hear from anybody who's interested in using synchronous components. I'm with Kaplan University and my email is my first initial and last name, C-F-L-Y-N-N at Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N dot E-D-U. And I would be delighted to, to hear from anyone who's interested in this. Catherine, thank you very much. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like to get in contact with me or learn more about USDLA, you can reach us at www.usdla.org. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.